If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. On the evening of January 27th, 2017, as Matthew Lang sat in the parking lot at Scullin Middle School in Naperville, Illinois, an unidentified criminal approached the vehicle and fired at him through the window. The murder was quick and calculated. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Leaving no witnesses or evidence behind. Weeks before the murder, Matthew had expressed concerns to investigators and those around him that his safety had been compromised, even barricading his front door at night to keep out any criminals. Since Matthew's tragic death, the family and FBI agents have consistently searched for answers. Why did somebody choose to murder Matthew that evening? And could the answers lie within a messy divorce with his ex-wife? and the tumultuous relationship that he had with her family? In 2006, Matthew Lang was just 26 years old. His career was doing great, but he was quite upset at the fact that he still had not married or had any luck in his love life. But that's when he crossed paths with Julita Solitsko, a Polish immigrant. The two hit it off right away and started a relationship together. Julita has often been described as a beautiful and caring young woman who lives with her family in Yorkville. Matthew and Julita got engaged about two years later. However, Matthew would soon learn that Julita was having issues with her immigration to the United States. In fact, he learned she'd been living in the country illegally. The family worked hard to get this situation resolved. And by 2009, Matthew and Julita were married. Just two years later, they announced that they were expecting their first child. After a few years, Matthew would learn that the immigration problems with Julita were not fully resolved as he had been led to believe. These issues would pop up time and time again over the following years. And oddly enough, it's this strange situation that would mark the beginning of this incredibly strange true crime case. Around the time that Julita's immigration troubles were beginning to take a turn for the worst, Matthew and his wife had begun to research marriage laws that would help keep them together. They quickly found out that simply being married in the United States 
no longer allowed you to remain a US citizen indefinitely. But they learned something quite bizarre that admittedly I'd never even heard of. For some strange and unexplained reason, if an immigrant spouse is the victim of abuse, he or she will be allowed to remain in the United States. Now, I'm not going to pretend to understand why this is true, but it certainly appears to be accurate. As you can imagine, this is where the bizarre true crime case really takes a disturbing turn for the worst, all at Matthew's expense. Unfortunately for Matthew, and possibly for his wife, Julita began to report that Matthew had been aggressive and physical towards her. The problem is that her claims were never verified by police, and it doesn't seem that her claims went any further than an initial police report. We really have no idea whether or not her accusations against Matthew were true or not. But there doesn't appear to be any evidence that suggests she was telling the truth. No bruises, no physical harm, nothing. Matthew's family have done their best to discredit Julita and say that their loved one would never do something like this, but I can't personally say this with any certainty, we just don't know. However, we do have to admit that it's a strange coincidence that all of this popped up shortly after the two learned of this bizarre immigration law. As you can expect, Matthew was heartbroken that his wife would make, in his eyes, false claims against him. This prompted him to file for divorce, marking the beginning of a lengthy custody battle and divorce settlement in court. In total, their divorce proceedings lasted for more than two years. In the end, they were granted their divorce and their son was handed over to Jalita, with Matthew being given horrendous visitation rights of one weekend every two weeks. Considering Jalita had accused Matthew of being violent towards her, they were not allowed to pick up or drop off their son at each other's homes. Instead, they were required by law to exchange the boy at the local police station every couple of weeks. The only exception to this rule was that Matthew was allowed to pick his son up from school on Fridays after his son attended a Polish cultural class each Friday evening. This is where the case reaches what I would consider a boiling point. Unfortunately for Matthew and his son, the boys' school would become the focal point of a chilling and disturbing crime scene investigation. But before we keep going, I just want to remind you of some awesome new items that are up in the Tynots merch store. I just added a really cool mug, a newly designed tumbler, and a really cool fingerprint tee. If you'd like to support the channel and sport some pretty cool gear or clothing, you can check everything out at tynots.com or follow the link in the description. On January 27th, 2017, Matthew had carried out his day as usual. It was his weekend to pick up his son from school, so he spent the day gathering groceries or any supplies his son may have needed for an enjoyable weekend. By around 6.45 p.m., Matthew had arrived at his son's school and parked in the same spot that he chose each time he picked him up, a spot located about 60 feet from the entrance of the building. It was grandparents' weekend at the school, so the parking lot was much fuller than it usually would be. However, this didn't stop an unidentified criminal from approaching Matthew from behind his vehicle. The unknown assailant walked up to Matthew's driver's side door and fired a single round through the window, striking Matthew. He tried to lunge toward the passenger door to make an escape, but the scary person fired several more rounds, hitting Matthew multiple times. A short while later, when the grandparents and children exited the school building, they were met with a chilling crime scene. At first, they thought Matthew had gotten into a traffic accident, but they soon realized that the truth was far more cynical. 
Once investigators were called to the crime scene, police began to take reports from witnesses and find as much evidence as they could. Investigating detectives did everything they could to piece together as much evidence as they could find. However, they didn't find much. There were multiple shell casings left behind at the scene of the crime, but this wasn't enough to help police get to the bottom of this unsolved mystery. They began to broaden their horizons and check for any CCTV footage from the crime scene that may help to prove who the killer was. But this too was nothing but a dead end. The school's CCTV footage had been turned off that evening. In addition to this, none of the neighbors who lived near the school had cameras that showed any condemning evidence either. No one inside the school had heard or seen anything suspicious as the school event was taking place on the far end of the building, much too far away for anyone to have heard anything, let alone seen the criminal who was responsible. Once crime scene investigators failed to find any evidence at the scene of the crime, they decided to dig deeper into Matthew's personal life to try to find a motive. They did a background check and learned that Matthew's record was squeaky clean. He had no known addictions, debts, or any problems in his life whatsoever. This led police to believe that he may have been the victim of a simple robbery gone wrong. However, this was also not true. They ruled this out because Matthew had nothing of value in his car or on his person. He didn't even own a smartphone. The only thing they found in his car was an old iPod and his flip phone. He didn't carry any large sums of cash, and his car was certainly not worth any serious money. By this point, investigating officers felt as though this attack may have been personal and premeditated. After all, only someone close to Matthew would have known that he'd be at the school that night to pick up his son. Police investigated more than 150 reports from witnesses of people who called in tips, but none of these leads took them anywhere substantial. Naturally, all eyes soon turned toward the only person who stood to gain anything from Matthew's death his ex-wife and her family. On the night of the murder, it seems that the entire family had a fairly solid alibi. However, neither Julita or her parents were very open with detectives, nor did they freely offer any information that wasn't simply pried from them. In fact, since speaking with FBI agents who were investigating the case, both Julita and her mother have obtained attorneys and are no longer speaking with police whatsoever. Admittedly, there's never been any evidence to suggest that Julita or her family may be involved. However, the motive here would be quite clear. In fact, some of Matthew's more recent plans for his life may have made Julita's life far more difficult, possibly spurring someone close to the situation to take action against Matthew, potentially committing a horrible crime to put an end to his perceived antics. Police soon uncovered that Matthew had plans to purchase a home about 20 minutes away from Julita. Considering the courts made Matthew the sole decision maker regarding his son's education, he also had plans to move his son to a different school that was much closer to his new home. This move was merely weeks away from being completed, and both Matthew and his son were excited about this new chapter of their lives. Julita, on the other hand, was far less impressed. She expressed to everyone she knew that she felt this was a ploy to steal her son away from her. However, in Matthew's eyes, he just wanted to spend more time with his son, and rightfully so. This information was crucial to police, helping to move the case forward. 
However, after learning all of these chilling details, the case came to a standstill. With no evidence to point toward Jalita having anything to do with Matthew's murder, there was very little that police could do. No arrests were made and no charges were ever filed. We have to keep in mind though that this true crime case took place just five years ago. So there's still an obvious chance that police are still actively investigating the situation. However, as it stands now, Matthew's case remains unsolved and his murder is still unexplained. But that's the video for today, you guys. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, be sure to hit that like button. And if you loved it, maybe consider sharing, subscribing, or clicking that blue join button below to really show your support for the channel. But my name is Ty Knotts. You guys have been lovely, and I'll catch you in the next video.